This is a OnePlus original. Thank you for streaming OnePlus. I'm Robbie Yassi, and today I'll be teaching you all about environmental science. Let's get started. Now, when someone asks you, in one word or phrase, what is environmental science to you? Most people would say, oh, it's about the environment or habitats, or the ecosystem, or plants, and animals, and society, and surroundings, nature, Mother Earth, biology, environmentalism, hippie culture, WWF. There's so many different, there's a huge variety of answers when people are being asked what environmental science is to them. But in other words, you know, people have this concept of what environmental science is, but oftentimes, people usually have a hard time distinguishing environmental science from ecology. And most people would say environmental science is ecology. But in fact, environmental science is not just equal to ecology, but also environmental science is physics, is chemistry, is biology, geology, sociology, economics, and so much more rolled into one field. And I'm not saying both are completely unrelated from each other. I'm not saying ecology is completely different from environmental science. In fact, they're very much in line with each other's goals and line of thinking. But there is a stark difference in definition between the two that we ought to acknowledge in order for us to move forward with understanding what truly is environmental science. Now, the best way to understanding environmental science is probably to look at the dictionary. How does the dictionary define environmental science. It says, environmental science is an interdisciplinary academic field that integrates physical, sociological, and biological sciences to the study of the environment and the solution of environmental problems. Now that definition can be a huge mouthful. So let's try to listen to that definition one more time, but in a simpler way, you know, an easier way to understand it. Environmental science is trying to understand the world we live in using many different scientific tools so that we can solve the problems that are threatening it. Now, that's a easy, an easier way to talk about what environmental science is. But what do we get from that definition? What do we get from the idea that environmental science is trying to solve the problems that we're threatening using many different scientific tools? First of all, the thing that we have to remember is that the definition talks about how we are trying to understand the world we live in. So meaning the first thing there is that the problems that are threatening it already exist and they need to be solved. So meaning environmental science is a pursuit to try to fix things. Environmental science is a, is a challenge and is a journey, an ongoing journey to try to see if we could fix and solve the many different problems that our world is facing. And the second thing we could get from that is that there is so much more to understand about the environment. There's so many different things that we have yet to discover about our world. Now, the main difference between ecology and environmental science is that environmental science is a more overarching field that incorporates many elements of earth and life sciences to understand various natural processes. Ecology, on the other hand, focuses more on how organisms interact with each other and with their immediate surroundings. This means that ecology would more or less fall under the parameters of environmental science. That's why I said earlier, 
And Versailles, yeah, is equal to ecology, but it's also equal to so many different things. And it talks about how the different parts interact with each other. Biotic to abiotic, biotic to biotic, abiotic to abiotic. But environmental science talks about these sectors regardless of whether or not interaction is actually present. Now, in the pursuit of understanding and learning environmental science, one thing that you might be able to discover is that you're going to delve into principles that encompass and define environmental science in many ways, like looking at it in an economic perspective or from a sociological perspective or from a biological perspective. And collaterally, you would have to learn about different ecological principles and factors that are involved with a lot of issues in environmental science. So yes, there are problems that already exist in the environment and that they need to be solved, but there's so much more to understand about the environment that we can discover and hopefully use to make sure that we can live in a much better world. So what do we do now? We need to see the environment in a totally different perspective. And this is exactly why the seven environmental principles were even built in the first place, were even written in the first place. Now, a few years ago, a couple of academics talked about what these seven environmental principles are. The first one is that nature knows best. Nature, in fact, knows what is good for itself. That's why a lot of natural processes make or lead to nature healing itself. If you've noticed, a lot of the problems that we're facing nowadays are simply just manifestations of the problems that we've caused years and years before. We are actually causing a lot of the many different things that are threatening our own survival. Our Earth, our world has been working for billions and billions of years. And what does man do in the thousands of years that we've been here? We've found a way to make sure that we destroy it. And that's so sad. Because when you think about it, after all the progress that humanity has done scientifically and in terms of philosophy and knowledge, nature still knows best. The second principle is that all forms of life are important. It says in the song Colors of the Wind from the movie Pocahontas, every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. And sure, it might not be literal. Rocks might not have spirits, but they do play a huge role in making sure that our environment is balanced. That's why we can't just say, oh, this is far more important or this is far more valuable. We can't just automatically assume the importance of a species or the importance of an object simply because it you know, gives us monetary benefits. We have to see everything around us to be equally important in making sure that we survive another day. Because that's the truth. These things without us, our world without humanity will survive. But humanity without the world, without the environment, will die out as fast as that. The next principle is that everything is connected to everything else. In that same song, in that same song from Pocahontas, it says, we are all connected to each other in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. And I'm not just talking about the food chain or the food web. It's more than just 
nutritional value. We are connected to each other through many different cycles. The water cycle, the nitrogen cycle, the oxygen carbon dioxide cycle, many different things connect us, not just with the living organisms, the plants and the animals, but also with abiotic factors like the rocks or the water or the mountains or the sky. Those things, they're connected to us. So whatever we do to it, it'll come back to us because it's connected to us. The fourth principle is that everything changes. There is no other constant thing in this world but change. So whatever changes that you do to your surroundings, whether it be it good or bad, it's going to create more change. It's going to create more consequences. So that leads us to the fifth principle, which talks about how everything must go somewhere. When you throw garbage into the river, it's not just going to stay by the river. It's going to flow to the oceans and affect the environment elsewhere. So what you do here, what you do in your home, is not just going to be contained at home. It'll be transferred. It'll lead to other consequences. It'll lead to other repercussions outside your house. Because our environment is not just limited to the four walls of the classroom. Our environment is not just limited to the four walls of our houses, but it involves everything around us. Everything is connected to everything else. And everything you change must go somewhere else. Our next principle is a reminder that our world is a finite world. It says on that song again, that you can own the earth and still all you own is earth until. We should always keep in mind that we have only one planet in the solar system that we could live in, probably even in their whole galaxy. And if we don't take care of it, we'll be losing our only home. Our world is a finite world. Our world has a limit. All we own will be earth if we don't take care of it all we own are land titles if we don't make an effort to make sure it becomes a forest or a place where plants can grow or where animals can live freely that's our world this is our world our only world the last principle tells us that nature is beautiful and we are stewards of nature and it deserves our respect. We need to make sure that we respect what we live in. We respect where we live in because it has fed us, it has given us air to breathe, water to drink, and life to live. The best thing, the least we could do is take care of it and the best we could do is to make it better for the next generations. I know, a lot of people put, a, put so much pressure on the youth today to take care of the environment. But in the end, after how many years, we'll be the ones running it. We'll be the ones taking charge and we'll be the ones in the middle of reaping in the consequences or the benefits. The difference between the two lies between us, between you and me and the future of our world. 
Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you continue your journey in learning about the environment and its many different wonders. Thank you, and have a great day.